Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. On this episode of Big Boys Don't Cry, we discuss the 2011 film Red Riding Hood. You do not have to have seen the film to enjoy this podcast at all, but if you do proceed without having seen the film, just be aware that the plot of the film, uh, you know, as much as to say there is a plot, will be spoiled for you. So I'm sorry. Enjoy it. Hello. All right. Dog Dad. I'm drinking from a mug that says Dog Dad on it. (laughs) But which one am I? <laughs> uh, we're um we're at Claire's parents' dog sitting this week and next, which is um always nice. So this is the thing about um when your daughter's a teacher and you own a dog, you can get her to come and look after the dog while when it's half term while you swan off to California. So we are looking after the dog, who is a super chill and excellent dog. Although he did jump on the bed and wake me up at six o'clock this morning. <laughs> he just wanted to see you, Paddy. Yeah like a complete bastard and then he sort of like <laughs> he snuggled in between us in the middle of us like a big sausage and then he like and then he this is what he does every morning he like shoves me with his butt and tries to kick me out of the bed until eventually i leave <laughs> is that to wake you up to take him for a walk or is no. it that he wants more room on the bed it's just he just wants to be on the bed like a human he doesn't go for his walk right away in the morning. He he sort of snoozes for a couple of hours and then you take him for his walk, which is quite good, I suppose. Oh, I see. Because you don't have to immediately get up and, and walk. But yeah, his kicking out of bed is very annoying. But other than that, he's great. Barely barks, doesn't mind other dogs, doesn't mind people. You know, he's he's chill. He is an excellent dog. That's good. So I've got to say. I borrowed the mug that says dog dad to pretend. Well, that is technically correct. Yeah. I am both a dog and a dad, or I will. I will be a dad. <laughs> you so will this, be. This program a dad. can now know. I I will become a father next April. But this podcast service is intended to continue, so don't worry. There just might be moments when there's a baby crying in the background. So that's, yes, that's not to say I'm going to ignore my child. I mean, I will. St- I will stop the <laughs> podcast if I have to. But yeah, there may be moments of punctuation. After all, it is our digital child. Yeah. As it were, exactly. I I have many other children already. Of course, this is just this is just my first <laughs> human child, actual human child. Yeah, you are of course a surrogate dog dad. Yeah, um, and I thought you meant that like every episode of this podcast is like a child to us. Well, I I I think of it more as a as a general child. Yeah, um, general as in military. Yes, a little military baby. It's the sequel to Boss Baby. Is General Baby. General Baby. That's a, that's a film I would watch if if Alec Baldwin is voicing General Baby. I bet that's better than Boss Baby. Yeah, yeah. I'd um I, I'd watch that in a heartbeat. Or should we say I'd rather watch that than any war film? Yeah, there's the odd war film that's actually good, actually interesting. Looks at war in a way that's not crying over a flag. But <laughs> yeah. In general, you're right. You know, I like to cry over a flag as well. You know, that's usually because someone's done something bad to the flag, like a dog has pooed on it and I've got to clean it up. (laughs) 
I'm just I'm thinking it a lot like about cleaning. It sounds like you're speaking from experience. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The the dog I took him out for a walk the other day, and there was a flag, and he ran straight for it. No, I'm just um I'm thinking a lot about cleaning up poop right now. You know. Yes, it is going to take up a pro- large proportion of your life. It is. So I've been doing that with the dog, and then I'll do it with the human, and then I'll probably do it with the dog again, and that's that's what I have to look forward to. You know. And eventually it will reach the stage where your child is cleaning up your poo. Such is the circle of life. The circle of poop. <laughs> well, speaking of circles of poop, let's, <laughs> let, let's get down to this week's film. Because let's say that director, director Catherine Hardwick, although she might have made some good work early on in her career, which I have not seen, I, I'm going to open this by, by saying that she is incapable of cleaning up poop. Because this movie is a big pile of it. <laughs> um, I don't know what you're talking about, Paddy. This movie is the greatest <laughs> film I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, on- honestly, I hated this film. I really did not enjoy watching it at all. And even the sort of... I, I laughed at how bad some of it was. And that Gary Oldman was sort of mildly hilarious. But overall, I did not enjoy watching this film at all. I found it a real drag. And usually if a film is sort of comically bad, like um, like Baywatch, for example, which is the our lowest rated film, there were still moments in that that I could sort of laugh at and bits that I could enjoy. I enjoyed the presence of The Rock and The Ephronator, for example. But there was nobody in this film that I'm attached to in that same way or that I, that I, I feel for. So, yeah, it was a lump and plot, stupid idea, terrible acting, really, really weird mood. Very strange tone, weird aesthetic, absolutely no redeeming features whatsoever. See, I, I fight me. <laughs> I'm gonna fight you on this one, Paddy. This is this is verbal fisticuffs. Um, <laughs> I, I, I remember going to the cinema to watch this when it came out. And good grief. And yeah, my friends, my, my, I think I've mentioned this before, but my friends, we'd often go to the cinema not knowing what was on, get there, and then be like, "Oh, what will we go and see?" And and one of those. Um, things was Red Riding Hood, um, which... and I think that's a good thing to do because the the experience of going to the cinema is an important one that I don't want to be lost to the Netflix generation. Yes, yeah, I I, I think it is. I, you do get something special out of going to the cinema. Yeah. Also, um, I'm a hundred years old. <laughs> I just said I just said Netflix generation. We're still the Netflix generation. I know about. we're millennials. We're we're, we're, we're millenniums. Not, we're not the younguns anymore. We've got younger people than us. No, what are the people who, ones coming up called Generation Selfie, Generation iPhone? I thought Generation Selfie was pretty much the same as Millennials, but aren't they? Uh, um, they're Generation Z, aren't they? Yeah, they're calling them. Um, are they the ones who are making slime videos on on YouTube, whatever the fuck a slime video is? But I've seen the, I was about people, to say what the fuck. I've is seen a lots slime, of people talking slime about video. slime videos on YouTube. Is this, is this like Slenderman? No, Which, apparently there's a new Slenderman film that is bad. Yeah, I've heard it's it's really awful. I, I think slime videos are they like an offshoot of ASMR? Let's see, slime Where video. Like put their hands in slime and it's satisfying to watch and listen to. That seems correct. So you got Alexa versus Siri picks my slime ingredients. Satisfying slime ASMR video. Okay, yeah, you know if you Google something and it's only giving you video YouTube results, that is something that you will only understand if you're probably under twenty. Yes. Okay. Yeah. How the heck did this kid get under this giant bubble of slime? This is really odd. 
What's wrong with books? <laughs> what's, what's wrong right with cinema? With... <laughs> what's right with books what's right with cinema when i go and read some fucking jane austen there's fuck all in there about people putting their hands in slime <laughs> yeah not out of 20 jane austen <laughs> no no slime yeah. um but speaking of the cinema william shakes who we, we went to go and see um venom which is oh, did really you? really good fun i know it's been getting a lot of bad press um but well, it's i've awesome. heard that it's quite silly in yeah, a good way it's really silly in a good way um, there's this great bit where Tom Hardy, when he's being sort of like taken over by this parasitic alien symbiote, he starts feeling really hot in this restaurant. And so he jumps into a lobster tank and is just going, oh, that's much better. It's, am- <laughs> it's amazing. Absolutely amazing. Oh, um, that sounds great. Yeah, I, no, it's, I had it's a, a sort of, of um, it, it is Marvel, isn't it, Venom? Well, it, um, it's a Marvel character, but it's not made by Marvel. Right. Um, it's made by Sony, I think, because they have they still hold the rights to Spider-Man and the offshoots of Spider-Man. Yeah, because he's a, a spider man villain. He is. He's a wrong Um mm. But he's also uh, an anti-hero, kind of, eventually. And this, this sort of plays up the anti-hero side of things. It's a really entertaining film. It's, it's very trashy, very good fun, great performance by Tom Hardy. Um, people's heads get bitten off, which is always a good thing in a film. I think. I cool. don't think one one criticism I'd have of Red Riding Hood, and I think that would have really improved it, is if the werewolf had bitten people's heads off. I mean, it's big enough. It's got the jaws. It's a big, scary monster. How? It's pretty disappointing that that didn't happen. Really, isn't it? To be honest, yeah. There's like, there's not really a lot of um huge violence in this movie, even though it's implied constantly. Um, which I think is a bit disappointing. And I kind of, I think they kind of missed out on... Well, there, there's various different ways in which this film completely failed. Um, but to begin with... <laughs> to begin with, um, tell me some of the ways in which it apparently succeeded, because I cannot count them. It made me laugh an awful <laughs> lot. It felt like... And I know that, you know, Catherine Hardwick directed Twilight. Um, yeah. And this felt like taking the absolute extremes of Twilight... Um, I I was more entertained by this movie than any of the Twilight films because there was more stupid shit going on constantly and it was even more melodramatic. Um, The only downside was that it didn't have weird religious analogies going on and it didn't have creepy CGI babies. Yeah, but Um, isn't Gary Oldman called, like, Father... What's his name? Father Pellegrini? Yeah, yeah. Um, he's, He's Father Solomon. Father Solomon, um, that's one. He sounds like an old soul singer. Yeah, Father Solomon, it's great. Yeah. He's going to come um, sing soul at the wolf to get it to go away. Yes, um, and and yeah, so so I I found as though there wasn't as much weird shit as in Twilight, but it was more there was more going on and it was more entertaining and it was stupider. Yeah, um, and I love the stupider. fact that it was it was set in this medieval village where everybody looked totally clean. I really enjoyed that. That it almost looked like a yeah. Renaissance fair. Um, everyone yeah. with perfect teeth. Everyone's got really clean clothing. Like all of the little houses look really cute and picturesque. Yeah. Um, I loved all of that. It felt really silly and cheesy and cheap, but also it's lots of clean had, shaven young men. Uh, and, and yeah, lots of clean shaven young men. Um, and also it had um people getting killed by a werewolf. And so, so it ticked a fair few boxes for me. I enjoyed myself rewatching it. I remember walking out of the cinema hating it, 
But, oh yes, and another thing I think is worth mentioning is that the soundtrack here almost feels like it could be part of the soundtrack to Only Lovers Left Alive, where it's just this weird sort of like noise rock ambient stuff going on in the background all the way. The, the main sort of like refrain is uh, a song by The Big Pink, who I don't know if you know the band The Big Pink. Uh, no, the name rings a bell. It's, you mean it's that, that music is actually by someone? Yes, yeah, well, I'm not sure about the overall soundtrack, but that refrain that happens all the time and then gets picked up in the credits... Um, that's a song by the big pimp uh, the big pink um and the who, big pimp <laughs> the big pimp um that's what they originally called gary who, who, who are, they're quite an interesting band the big pink i think they're just a duo um or or they started as a duo um and then they sort of like expanded from there and they do sort of like um it's it's quite poppy and they've got some quite good choruses they did that song called Dominoes a few years back, which was used in an Xbox advert and was everywhere for a few oh. weeks. <laughs> yes, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but aside from that, the rest of their stuff was really, really interesting. Um, and so they've they've had um, people from like, I don't know if you know the, the, the noise metal band Sun Zero. Hell yeah. Um, I really, yeah. <laughs> really like their stuff, actually. Yeah, they, 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 some, of their, some of their extra people who've like recorded with them and played live with them are, are people from that band and stuff like that. That's it's, cool. Yeah, they're, they're, really, um, they're really interesting. And yeah, they, they're, they're the main refrain of this film, which I, I really like the soundtrack. The soundtrack was great. I always um, respect a band where they've named themselves after having seen a thing and then that thing doesn't necessarily translate that well to being a name that you can say out loud but it still yes, works yeah. <laughs> like um that band that's three exclamation marks oh yeah um, even though they're crosses rubbish. crosses is just a cross that's the actual name of the band yeah um and lots of witch house bands did kind of the same thing um, for, for the for the uninitiated by the way sun zero uh has three uh parentheses at the end of it doesn't it <laughs> i think <laughs> it's more sun- it's it's like it's s u double n n yes no, not then double n n s u double n i know you're o. right three and is it just yeah, a three just three you're right but it's yes. named after an amplifier it's a make of um amplifiers so really they kind of stole the name of a piece of kit which is kind of a weird sort of it's almost like a rock music in joke but um yeah it's quite it's cool eh? i like it Yes, yeah, and and they're a cool band. They do lots of weird stuff. Yeah, um, great, great little band. Um, you know, the worst, yes. the worst example of that though is Alt J, where because apparently Alt J puts a triangle on the screen, but they just called themselves Alt J, which sounds as fussy and irritating as their music is. So there you I was going to say, I feel bad, but I don't really like Alt J, and oh, I know that lots of people do, but I I can't get on board with it. No, they're awful. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't necessarily go that far, but there's there's some that they tick a lot of boxes for something that I should like, but there's yeah. just something about it which I don't quite get to grips with. A bit um, like um, Red Riding Hood. So so it ticked the boxes of having a wolf in it, which is what, yeah. which is what you like. Had a wolf. Had people dying. <laughs> it had sexy wolf boys. It had sexy wolf boys. Yeah, well, the whole thing is pat- like, who is the wolf boy? Yeah, and and I liked that it was all tied around this really crap murder mystery of who is the wolf. Yeah, um, that isn't really built up properly. So eventually, when it's revealed that her dad's the wolf, you're like, oh, really? What? Okay, he was yeah. only in about two scenes before that. <laughs> and and the whole idea of a mystery is that you're spoiler to alert. Like, her dad's the wolf. Spoiler alert. The dad who is also the dad from Twilight. 
is the wolf. Um, yeah, I and, love that. And the, the whole idea of having a mystery is that you're supposed to leave breadcrumbs enough so that people don't guess it before the end, but so that when it's revealed, yeah. they go, oh, okay, I understand it. I can see that now. Nothing in this movie prepares you for that, that the dad's the wolf. As instead of breadcrumbing, she kept the baguette completely under wraps until the very last scene, and then she took it out of its, its wrapper and then forced it down your throat all at once yes that's exactly what happened and it's a um, it's a nice so, baguette but you don't want to be force fed it you know yeah yeah um and yeah so so that's kind of it for what i liked about this movie it was dumb and it made me laugh it had sexy wolf boys yeah um, it had a werewolf killing people gary oldman is fantastic um and yeah that's about it yeah he and there's there's lots that i dislike about it no, but it, it is really stupid but i think i didn't laugh at it enough for me to get a sense of enjoyment out of it like i did with some other terrible films so it, it came across as i think it was just the whole thing is just so preposterous that it doesn't take itself it, it takes itself too seriously and it doesn't take itself massively seriously i'm not saying that it's really po-faced but it still takes itself too seriously for the preposterousness to be funny if that makes sense preposterousness to be funny yeah that makes sense i, th- I think i disagree with you in that i really enjoyed it i, I think this is the prime example of a shit piece for me maybe, yeah maybe not quite that far in that there, there's not enough here to warrant me really saying i it's worth watching but there was enough here for me to enjoy it as i was watching it no this is this is truly a shit piece it starts with some let's let's talk it through from the beginning it it starts with some scenes of some rolling hills and like medieval looking countryside and lots of titles with spooky fonts and then it flashes up saying produced by leonardo dicaprio among other people now yes yeah. what the hell was he doing involved with this <laughs> i have no idea but it's great isn't it yeah like i didn't even know he had produced anything and for me to then find out that he produced this i'm just going to quickly have a look and see if he's produced anything else do you know if he's produced anything else um i think he's got a production company which is where this came from okay that's much worse um so so yeah so in terms of what he's produced um so he was an executive producer on the aviator which he was also in wasn't he the aviator yes he he was he not the the titular aviator yes or was it about a pair of glasses um no <laughs> i wish it was about a pair of glasses but he's also been like a producer on like wolf of wall street um okay. few, he's he's done a sort of a, an interesting lot of movies so some of them are very good like the assassination of richard nixon um the ides of march out of the furnace mm-hmm. wolf of wall street obviously um but then also he's got things like um orphan which is a, a great shit piece of a movie i have not seen um, that it's a really good little horror movie that's going to make you laugh an awful lot um it's uh it's it's yeah it, it's really entertaining and it's got the odd bit of creepiness in it but the main thing is like there's this great twist at the end which you really really love um but yeah so he's done a weird a weird mix of stuff there's some some good stuff in there some really bad stuff we've got one on here called cowspiracy yes i don't know what is, that is appears to be a documentary about cows farting and ruining the ozone layer or whatever but like um that is too good a name to waste on a po-faced documentary 
That should be something else. Yeah, that's a really bad name for a documentary. Because <laughs> um, it is one of the... Uh, t- talking seriously a moment here. Welcome to Environment Cast. Um, but, it, but it's one of the biggest causes of um, the global warming, isn't it? Yeah. Is, is sort of the way that for cattle farming, they deforest areas um and like basically kill off loads of land to give people burgers is one of the one of the worst things that you can do yeah and cows just can't stop farting like they've tried to stop them they can't hold it in they're incapable of doing it it's just you know we've got to move on from it um yes so we're i'm looking forward to having burger grown in a test tube um yeah but also starting tofu guys tofu's all right not silken tofu that is the de- no, that is the devil's tofu, but yeah, firm tofu, beautiful. You yeah, make some, you can make nuggets just like chicken nuggets out of it that are really good. Yeah, get on it. Yeah, get on it, everybody. I mean, I ate beef stew for dinner, but <laughs> <laughs> you're killing us, Paddy. I know. I'm sorry. I'm a bad person. It... <laughs> no, I don't. I don't think it's real. I think it's a cowspiracy. You you think you think global warming is a you think it's rather than yeah. um, all of the oil companies, which are traditionally known for having loads of money and protecting their own interests. Well, f- firstly, that it's a... it can't be global warming because the Earth is flat. True, flat Earth warming. Yeah, flat warming. No, no, that's when you go around <laughs> someone's new flat and, and take them a bottle of prosecco. Yes. Yeah. Um. <laughs> <laughs> So anyway, Leonardo DiCaprio, producer. Um, so that's interesting for a while. But his talent, I think, did not come through in this film. Is that fair to say? Yeah, I don't think that this is a good representation of the overall work of Leonardo DiCaprio to you. No. Um, so it's directed it's... by Catherine Hardwick, but she did not write it. The screenplay is written by David Leslie Johnson, Johnson McGoldrick, who is a man with too many names. Who also? Oh, he also did the screenplay to Orphan. There you go. Yes, yeah. Which is supposedly, Orphan, which is great, a, a shit piece. And Wrath of the Titans, which I haven't seen either. That is not a good movie. <laughs> and um, but, The Conjuring yeah. Two, which is a very good movie. Okay. And The Conjuring Three, tw- which is not out yet. Twenty twenty, and Aquaman, which th- I'm looking forward which to. Is this year? Yeah. There's lots of, they've been getting lots of, there's a thing on that poster where like everyone was really annoyed that some of the sharks were photoshopped in. I was <laughs> like, there are, <laughs> what are you expecting? There are 30 sharks on that photo. Of course, they're going to use stock images of sharks. Like someone had found the same <laughs> stock image of a shark on like whatever stock image site and been like, oh, like DC couldn't even pay to get their own sharks. I'm like, well, no, they could. They just use the same sites as you because it's a fucking poster, you stupid dick. <laughs> <laughs> for a poster they wanted them to go down and take new photos of sharks to use as part of a larger poster yeah that's what they want can't believe you didn't have a real trident uh-huh. can't believe he wasn't <laughs> believe- really breathing underwater <laughs> yeah i can't believe he's not really aquaman <laughs> what do you mean how he's not inauthentic really he cannot I mean, marry a woman pers- without gills I mean, if one person is going to really be Aquaman, it is Jason Momoa, isn't it? Yeah. Just look at him. He is great. Absolute, absolute hunk of a man. I love Jason Momoa. Yeah. He's got one of the most entertaining um, Instagram feeds ever because he's constantly doing random stupid stuff. Oh, really? So so you'll be 
he'll just be there and he'll just be taking part in an axe throwing contest or climbing up the side of a mountain out of nowhere and it's not even to do with a role he's doing he's just doing it for fun it's brilliant that's he'll, he'll just be doing something great that's what instagram was made for yeah it was made for jason momoa's life outside of his movies yeah i am here for it he is great he's a hunk but the two young very young boys in red riding hood are not we're supposed to think that they are but, um, well, firstly, one of them is Jeremy Irons' son, who Jeremy Irons wants to marry. And <laughs> the other one is a kid that I hadn't seen before. And they're supposed to be these two attractive, like, hunky guys. And they're supposed to be, like, a bit of a love triangle. But honestly, both of them look like lads you'd see in a Weatherspoons on a Saturday night ordering Jaeger bombs and acting like wankers. Do you not think? <laughs> they both just scream fresh as week, don't they? Let's be honest here. Um... Yeah, it's it's funny. I've not I've not seen either of them in anything before. Um I I know that Max Irons has been in some stuff though, hasn't he? He was in The Riot Club, which is oh, yes, a film the... about posh boys being posh dickheads. Yeah. Which I've not seen, but I think looks interesting enough that I'd be interested in seeing it to see whether it portrays that stuff with a conscience or whether it just glorifies it. Um let's see. Max irons 1985 wow he's older than us he looks about 12 oh really wow he does he's in the white queen the host oh that's a stephanie mayer thing um and the riot club yeah so he's got he's got a small cv of of things but yeah i haven't seen any of his other work but yeah in this film he was terrible yeah he i mean i don't really think you can't really hold this against anybody in the cast i suppose because the script is one of the most wooden things no it it is completely it's, lumpen it is a real clunker it, it's a complete clanger um, it with such lines as i know good girls aren't supposed to hunt rabbits and <laughs> i mean that is true isn't it if you love her you'll let her go oh man what a line yeah classic uh, i don't feel like it's my wedding i feel like i'm being sold honk honk that's the emotional the new one honk <laughs> my my favorite one is um it was was pretty much everything that father solomon said yeah um is brilliant although every every is... second line of his is telling them how the wolf can't cross into holy ground yes he can't cross into holy ground <laughs> um but the the best one is is where he goes to the other the other priest and is like you know how to kill a tiger, Father Augustine. You tie up your best goat and wait. <laughs> yeah, it's good. He's weird. He's really weird, Gary Oldman, in this film. He looks like James Hetfield going through a religious phase. He does. In a sort yeah. of, like, pink robe, just sort of running around shouting. Like he's, he's very, very shouty, which apparently is also the case in the new film. Is it Hunter Killer? The one where... On the oh, on yes. the poster, with I texted our, you about this man. because it made me laugh so much that it took me a good like, or maybe I, on the poster, and I even saw the trailer. I think I was going, "Who's that?" It looks like Jim Davidson, <laughs> and it was Gary Oldman. <laughs> <laughs> like he's got that kind. Well, we Jim know da- he's going to not... play Jim Davidson in the biopic, <laughs> oh, God. but not like young Jim Davidson, not um, Generation Game Jim Davidson, like um, Jim Davidson now. Where he looks, he just looks like a racist grandmother, which is kind of what he is, I suppose. <laughs> That's what but, he is. Um, yeah. But like, um, yeah. For our non-English listeners who 
don't know who Jim Davidson is, keep it that way. <laughs> just don't, <laughs> don't, guys. Yeah, but yeah, G- Gary Oldman looks like Jim Davidson now, and it's very off-putting. He do- he doesn't is, in um, Red Riding Hood. As I said he looks like James Hetfield, which is fine. Yeah, which is good. We can get on board with yeah. that. Even though James Hetfield's like a gun nut or whatever, I still love Metallica. Yeah, bit of bit of for whom the bell tolls. Yeah, and in in this film, it tolls for the wolf. It does, and for a few other people, but not too many people. No, and there is there is not much death and violence, is there? But there is a very upsetting scene where they they there's a, like an elephant um thing that's it's like a a metal elephant. And they put they put like fire underneath it, and they boil people alive in it. And they put the like there's a really upsetting, really unnecessary scene where they put the like autistic guy inside it because they think that he's the wolf because he can do a card trick or something. And it's really that that actually I thought was really disgusting, and I really hated it. Yeah, it's a really horrible moment. Um, and and it's a it's a it's a device called the brazen bull is is what it really is and then for some reason in this film it's an elephant instead of a bull traditionally it's a metal bull that you then put someone inside you light a fire underneath it it's a form of torture i thought you meant it was like a um, um a filmic device a plot device you know uh, you know the brazen bull <laughs> we we learned about it in, um, like in chekhov's yeah, gun <laughs> chekhov's bull chekhov's bull <laughs> it's when a film is so overwhelmed by bull shit that it's brazen <laughs> Sorry, is, that was too easy yeah <laughs> I, I enjoyed it still Cheap um, yeah shot. so it's a it's a real it's a real thing they didn't in, invent it for this movie and i think this is one of those moments where there's this strange um clash between a fantastical story that's very much based in in myth but also in bullshit that teenagers want to watch with real life werewolf hunting in medieval europe which was a real thing that happened and people did actually get killed and there was weird people who went around trying to kill werewolves and ended up killing people that this this actually happened it's a really horrible thing and it sort of it got me thinking like okay so they've put in this really horrible element out of nowhere which is really distressing and awful and feels completely tonally out of place with the rest of the movie but it, it got me thinking wouldn't it be cool to actually have a movie about the werewolf hunting of the middle ages into like the 1600s in europe yeah like that would genuinely Um, be historically very interesting it would be a really interesting movie i was was thinking of of the witch which is a great modern horror movie um all set in puritan uh massachusetts and it's about this family who uh they're cast out of their village because the, the 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 patriarch is almost too puritan in his religious beliefs and it's causing problems basically so he gets cast out and they form their own plot of land deep in the woods um but there is this potentially this witch out in the wilderness with them and it's a really tense horrible movie and i think you could do something really similar with this kind of setting because it's not something that's really talked about you know people talk about the salem witch hunts and there's lots of things that revolve around witch trials and stuff like that yeah you got your crucibles and that yeah but they they never really talk about what was actually much more prevalent but has kind of been lost to history because of these other events um, is is this werewolf hunting because there was this genuine belief in werewolves particularly in sort of central europe um and yeah i was thinking oh this would be a really good thing for a movie unfortunately this film is not that film yeah, <laughs> but, no. but someone else could could make a really fascinating film so if there are any 
If there's any budding historian slash horror fans out there, which I'm sure there's plenty of you, consider doing that movie. You would have at least two people going to watch it. I would find that film very interesting. You could call it The Wolf of Not Wall Street. (laughs) The Wolf of the Forest. (laughs) Yeah. The Wolf of Before There Were Streets. Yeah. Um but yeah, I'd I'd really love someone to actually do a serious take on that and talk about the the historical and cultural context behind it. But instead you get this film, yep. which is basically I love these two boys. But well, it's cuz um, might be a wolf. That's, oh wait. That same year, 2011, Gary Oldman was too busy doing a serious take in a different film. What else came out in 2011 with Gary Oldman in it? Did serious. He did a serious take. Oh, do, oh okay. do you get it? He was it? doing. Did you get he it? was doing a Harry Potter. <laughs> he was doing a Potter. It was the last Potter. Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows Part Two. At which point, Sirius Black's already dead. Was he even in that film? I don't remember. <laughs> Is it he, some kind of flashback? He appears as a ghost. There's the bit when okay, ha- Harry Potter spoiler alert, but I have to talk about it. It's the bit when um, you've seen it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's the bit when um, you think that Harry's dead because they think that Voldemort's killed him, but it turns out that he's not dead because for whatever reason they're connected and he's a Horcrux or some shit. And then um, he comes back and he has to go from the forest to face Voldemort and all of the people who, um, all of his like family and all the dead, all his like dead relatives and stuff appear in a dream and tell him it's going to be okay. And Gary Oldman's there and he puts his hand on his shoulder and it's a tender moment. For which he probably got paid, like, as much as for all his screen time in Red Riding Hood. <laughs> I'd hope so. <laughs> but also that year, he was in Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy, which was really good. Oh, very good. Have you seen that? Yeah, uh, have I seen that? It's not, um, it wouldn't necessarily be my kind of film, but we watched it and I was really impressed. Tom Hardy's in that as well. Have I seen it or am I thinking of something else with him and Tom Hardy in it? Oh, I'm thinking of Child 44. Yeah, he's in that as well. Which is all right. That's fine. Fine little film. Um, he's a he's an interesting one, Gary Oldman, in that he's in stuff constantly. Yeah, like he he's he's always turns up in things. Um, sometimes good, sometimes not so good. This being a prime example of not so good. That's the um, thing. But, but I think he, can... he appears in a, a greater volume of things than some people, which perhaps leads you to believe that he's not discerning. But I think actually he is, because if you look at the stuff that he's done that is good, it's really good. There's just a surprising amount of rubbish in there for someone who is so good. But maybe he's just relatively relaxed about the things that he takes. I don't know. Yeah, I think so. Um, and and also, I think, you know, you, you even get things like George Clooney, obviously, often takes. He tries to do those passion projects, but he also does big budget movies alongside it where it suits him. Um, and you wonder whether with Gary Oldman, it's like he's got those great performances that he really gets passionate about, but then he's also got the other ones where it's just like, okay, fine, I'll do this movie. Um, but like, fine, what, I'll what, advertise. What, what is it, Nespresso? That George Clooney <laughs> yes, that yeah. always advertising. But but whatever film he does, he's always, regardless of the end quality of the movie, he's always very entertaining, and this is no exception. He's really good fun to watch in this film. Yeah. For sure. He's like, if, if Gary Oldman had not turned up to act like a big fool, I, I genuinely don't know if I could have got through this film. It was so bad. Like, just everything about it, just all the clunking dialogue and all the sort of 
false intrigue and like false horror almost like none nothing of it about it has was sort of remotely scary until the point where the kid got thrown in the elephant and then you're like oh that was a very unnecessary horrible juxtaposition now i am a little bit scared but like yeah everything just felt so false you know but i i think i'm just not into the idea of it remotely and i think it like the idea of taking a fairy tale and making it a little bit scary and into this kind of supposedly grown-up film i just think it's a stupid idea it's it's sort of playing it's it's infantilizing isn't it well there's loads of great examples of people taking fairy tales and turning them into very good um horror movies or or more adult versions of it because let's be honest a lot of these fairy tales existed to scare children in the first place yeah all of them have that core of horror in them um but it's just the way that it's done it here it feels like um fan fiction I know yep. we've we've actually talked about Twilight fan fiction before on this podcast. <laughs> we certainly have, Grey, yeah. But this also almost feels like Twilight fan fiction. Like this could be the maybe the wolf is like the great 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 granddad of 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 Jacob and the Wolf Boys or something like that. It almost <laughs> of, feels um, like it could be Christian Grey. <laughs> yes, yeah. It al- it almost feels like it could be a a Twilight prequel the way that it feels, but also the way that it feels very shoddily put together. Um, plot wise it's a real mess and character wise it feels very two-dimensional like it was pulled off of a fan fiction website yeah it does feel very very fan fictiony just to, just in a way that yeah so many of the lines are just cliched horse shit and yeah as, as a consequence all of the actors suffer and i mean you know i think amanda seyfried is quite good generally we've talked about a lot of her other films friend of the podcast amanda seyfried she's great in mamma mia <laughs> she's great in mean girls you know there's, there's all this stuff so i don't know what the fuck she was doing either but but maybe she thought it would be good and had she worked with Catherine hardwick before or something i feel like a lot of the stuff was actually on the strength of Catherine hardwick as a director who'd come off some good stuff early in her career like 13 or whatever which i haven't seen but i hear is very good um and then she'd done twilight which was you know mixed opinions but was a huge smash um a lot of the people probably signed up on the strength of her right yeah i think so and and obviously yeah twilight was a really big hit um and and a lot of people this was very much billed as a twilight-esque thing yeah and um, there were a lot of these kind of films coming out on the back of that weren't there around the same time and i just remember seeing posters yeah. from one of them and just thinking what the fuck is this shit like spare me there's that and there's that one with julia roberts sticking around as some kind of angry queen there's there's oh yeah just oh no not it's just the yeah, one with julia no. roberts which yeah. one was that isn't it you, Ju- is it the mirror 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 that's the one yeah yeah because that one's almost that's almost like a dissection of fairy tale yeah rather than like a twilight-esque thing yeah it is but like yeah i think fairy tale adaptations i'm just not like fairy tale adaptations that are supposed to reinvent them for a more adult audience i'm just not really down with i don't know why i'm i'm fine with them when they're done interestingly um this could have been a very interesting film um and and there's lots of great examples of 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 ones that are done well um but yeah this was this was not one of them yeah also so yeah there's it starts with the start with a flashback when her and peter because all hunky boys are called peter this is a universal truth um so if my child is a boy i'm gonna name it peter so it grows up to be a hunky boy 
But um, there's a little flashback when um, her and Peter are young kids and then she kills a rabbit or something, which like comes back to haunt her later on because that's the only way they can show her that she's a complicated character because she's perfect, apart from the fact that she killed an innocent bunny when she was a child. Um, so then you've got that. And then her sister gets killed by the wolf. And then we're only 20 minutes into the film at one point. And then there's something about incest. And I'm just like, okay, what what the hell is going on? It was just some conversation about it. How like, oh yeah, it was like she was interested in Peter or the other guy whose name I can't remember, but it, he was actually her brother. And you're like, okay, well that seems appropriately medieval. Carry on. <laughs> yes, yes. Like <laughs> that's not going to stop them, is it? Come on, let's be honest. No, but then it's like, what well, she's in? She's she wants to get with one of them, but she's engaged to the other one because he's supposedly rich, even though he has the quite working class occupation of a blacksmith. Yes, yeah. But at the time, he would have been, you know, very rich, more rich more rich than random woodsmen. Yeah. So you've got all that. There's a reeve, because just for it to just be properly medieval, there has to be a reeve, even though nobody knows what a reeve is. Chaucer wrote a thing called the reeve's tale. Even Chaucer doesn't know what a fucking reeve is. Even Vic Reeves doesn't know what a Reeve is. <laughs> and he's named after multiple Reeves. <laughs> that is literally what he is. Yeah. Um, and then there's a wolf attack. And then Gary Oldman turns up giving no fucks in his accent. And like, what the fuck is his accent? Is it German? Is it French? Like, nobody even knows. It's this very strange pan-European accent. And you're like, did someone tell him to do that? Was someone on set going... Yeah, sounds great, mate. Yeah, say it again, just like that, but a bit more French. Was Catherine Hardwick just like yelling at the back of the thing? Um, more, yeah. more indiscriminately European. <laughs> yeah, can we can we just try that again? But you know, let yeah, less German. Um, I I really enjoy it in the same way that I enjoy Tim Curry's performance in the movie Congo, which is a film I really love. It's about a hyper intelligent gorilla who gets brought back to the jungle. She talks with a Stephen Hawking style voice box um, and they try and reintroduce her to gorillas whilst at the same time trying to uncover the lost city of gold, which is guarded by hyper aggressive silver gorillas, what? which they then have to shoot with a laser. I did not know that this film existed. It's it's based on a novel by Michael Crichton. Holy shit. Um, I'm it's, looking at it, this now. It's so good. I highly, dear listeners, hold on, hold on, hold on, Paddy. Dear listeners, you're you're talking directly to Rob now, and I highly recommend that you watch the movie Congo. It includes a talking gorilla, Tim Curry as a vague Eastern European man, super gorillas who kill people, lasers, and a volcano. It's great. And it says here it's got your fave Laura Linney in it. it has Laura Linney in it? It's a it's an awesome movie. Uh, it's 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 genuinely one of the most entertaining things you can ever this watch. This looks in your fantastic. Life. I love Tim Curry. He is fantastic. Like I don't think I've seen anything where I didn't love him. Even if the film was terrible, he always manages to lift it up. And he's got that perfect balance between sort of being being able to do genuine horror, but also being able to make anything funny and camp. And I think he's a he's a genius. Yeah, he's he's fantastic. Um, and this is one of his best Tim Curry performances. Um, it's really, really good. It says here, Congo received negative reviews, but performed better than Paramount expected. 
<laughs> well, there we go. What else can you ask for? Yeah, that's that sounds brilliant. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, it's, it's well if it wasn't going to be Gary Oldman in this film, it could have been Tim Curry, and that would have been good. And yeah, that also would have been brilliant. Yeah, I've written down in my notes here the dance scene is completely pointless, and I don't remember there being a dance scene. Was there a dance there, scene? There is. There's this little. Um, it's like a. It's the bull after they think they've killed the wolf. Oh and yeah. They all have a little dance. They all, they all have a little dance to this weird shoegaze song, it's, and they're like, "What the fuck is this?" It's Why? revelry. Yeah. The, the next note after that says horrible music and badly mixed sound. Did you think the sound was badly mixed? Maybe it was just me watching it on the Netflix or whatever, but like all the like sound effects were really crashing and the music was too loud for the dialogue. And did you find that? I, I think I did, but I enjoyed the music too much to really care. I cared more about listening to the nice soundtrack than I did to what the characters were saying. Oh, I hated <laughs> like, the oh, music. That's fine. I found it really jarring and nasty. I think, as you say, it wasn't dissimilar to Only Lovers Left Alive, but in that contextually, it's just so different, isn't it? Yeah, it doesn't really fit this film at all. This film, the music in this film is really cool. And in a cool movie, it would work. But this is not a cool movie. This is a nerd movie. Yeah, this is a very nerdy nerd movie. If If you like this, you're a nerd. You're a proper nerd, mate. We're going to come around and steal your lunch money. They're going to beat you up. (laughs) <laughs> um, we're gonna yeah, come so in our it, baseball jackets and <laughs> throw you against a locker then we're gonna go play in the big game yeah um yeah it's it, it really doesn't work in this film i really love the soundtrack i'm i might even consider looking up to see if i can get the soundtrack somewhere because it's totally my bag but it feels so out of place in this film yeah but it's similar to how twilight had really good music um and you're yeah. just wondering why on earth is there such good music in this terrible movie? And Lots this is, of this bands is exactly that I like contributed to Twilight. Yeah, yeah. The the Death Cabs for the Cuties did an original song for it. Oh yes, I remember you saying. Meet Me on the Equinox, which is a very good song. And when I went to see them live that year, they had like red lights and then and like Ben Gibbard, like he barely even talks on stage, like he doesn't say much, but like when they're playing the intro to this song, he went, This is a song from a movie about vampires. Woo and it was really like <laughs> it was the most out of character, hilarious thing that I've ever seen ever seen. It's great. Um but yes, this movie should have had a very, very hip indie soundtrack. It, sh- it yeah, it should have had like a twee because it has a very hip indie soundtrack, but it's not the kind of hip indie soundtrack that it needed. It needed more like a twee one. Yeah, it should have been all like ukuleles and banjos and stuff. Glockenspiels when the wolf comes on. Should have been should have been that Peter should have should have should have been that. I mean, this it's a movie that has a character called Peter and a wolf. Yeah. <laughs> so, that's probably why they called him Peter. Probably, yeah. Yeah. I found here that the um the man in denial is basically Chevy Chase, which I think means you know there's that old guy who's like I adamant that he he's killed the wolf because his head is on there's a wolf head on a stake and he's like, The wolf is dead and then Gary Oldman's like, No, it's not dead and he's like, Yeah, the wolf's dead. That guy looked a bit like Chevy Chase. Oh right, I see. Yeah. I see. <laughs> And then he, of course, he's the first person to get killed when the wolf comes back. Yeah, the wolf's all like, mate, you said you killed me. I am dealing with this shit. Yeah. And then the wolf starts talking to her and she goes, oh, my God, you can speak. Literally. Oh, my God, you can speak. Yeah, that was not good. Yeah. Um, 
there's this weird telepathy going on and for for a moment i think there's almost this like you're supposed to think oh does she love the wolf (laughs) do you get that same sense they're trying to like make the wolf part of the love triangle and you're like oh i definitely thought at one point that the wolf was going to offer to take her out on a date and she was going to say yes because it seemed like she was happy to go with anyone who looked her way and and at the end it's heavily implied that she will go out with a wolf boy yeah um, because Peter ends up getting bitten by the wolf during the blood moon, which means that he will now carry the werewolf curse. Yeah, he gets so bitten he... by a wolf daddy, not by, by wolf the, not by the wolf. Oh no, yeah. that is the same thing. Yeah, because his dad is the wolf. Yes, he's the, he's yeah. the wolf daddy. He's but... the wolf, <laughs> the wolf man, not the wolf boy. <laughs> no, no, he's the wolf daddy. <laughs> wolf, it's like big daddy. Yeah, he's a rapper. Puff Daddy, Puff, Puff Puff Daddy. Daddy. <laughs> or W Diddy, <laughs> Wolf Diddy. <laughs> uh, but yeah, but he's like he's not fully in his wolf form when he bites him. So you're like, does that mean Peter is going to become a wolf or no? And she's like, well, I'll stay with you anyway, but I'm going to go away now and go across the sea with our baby. Yeah, and it's like, oh, okay, fine. Because there's a scene where they fuck on on the red cape where there's a voiceover um yeah when one of the weird random picturesque scenes of the movie there's these odd moments which are like these really nice long shots that look really pretty and you're like what why is this in this film like, like there, there's some genuine bits of good direction but then it cuts back to the the cheap village set full of full of disney extras yeah the weird cheap looking village set that you're right actually does look like a bit sort of a cast off land from a theme park doesn't it, it feel it feels like the shit village scenes in the most recent beauty and the beast it's got exactly the same kind of feel to it how dare you how that, very that dare you cartoonish fake nonsense that's going on i was expecting gaston to jump out any moment and say i'll kill your wolf <laughs> that would, and that would have been, been so much brilliant better. Yeah, Luke Evans has cast on that advert where he's flying a plane over Wales came on the other day and it made me very happy. Uh, see, I, I hated that film and I love Luke Evans and I've always had a bit of a soft spot for Gaston, even in the animated movie. And and, uh, and the, the... Da, 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 da. <laughs> yes, that is a tune. Um, and so I in the most recent one, I was like, fuck's sake, Gaston, just kill the beast. I want a movie just about Gaston. Yeah, well, there were a lot of long Gaston scenes in that film. Not enough. It should have all been about Gaston. Yeah, no, I I thought it was good. We've we've discussed this before, but I enjoyed it a lot more than Cinderella. Which I is, I yeah. hate Beauty and the Beast, the most recent version. I think it's one of the worst films I've seen in the last few years. Ouch. Um, yeah, it's it's. I think it's fucking terrible. <laughs> um, I really really hated it. Um, it, with the exception of Luke Evans and a little bit of my boy Dan, um, I despise that movie. And, Be- and pro, Dan. pro tip: if you're going to do a musical, hire a lead who can sing. Well, just she, saying, she's heavily auto-tuned. Yeah, and it shows. Like I said, hire <laughs> someone who can sing. It's not like there's not anybody out there who can actually sing. Yeah, get no, I didn't. I didn't think it was that bad. I thought it did a really good job of sort of recreating the stuff from the cartoon version, and it wove that throughout it well enough for it to hit the nostalgia buttons for me. Yeah, it hit the nostalgia buttons by saying, "Hey, do you remember this thing? What about this thing? Look, it's that thing. Here, look, you like that 
you like that thing from the old movie here it is again except not as good look there's the thing hey we're not talking about ready player one right now are we it's basically ready player one (laughs) that's all it is it's ready player one with a big hairy man disney player one disney player one that's all it is get in the bin beauty and the beast (laughs) I think that's very unfair. Beauty and the Beast is miles better than Red Riding Hood. Anyway, Be- if we're going to go I, there. Right, okay. Controversial statement coming up. I would much rather rewatch Red Riding Hood than I would the most recent Beauty and the Beast. Oh, I no. enjoyed hell Red no. Riding Hood so much more than the most recent Beauty and the Beast. Oh, hell no. I will never watch this film again. It's, <laughs> it's really awful. I think, yeah, and again, towards the end, I just stopped paying attention. I genuinely stopped paying attention. I started to look at why not visit memes. Have you seen those? Where it's like, why not visit the jungle? We've got, uh, if you, you must have seen these. I don't think I have, no. Okay. Why not visit the forest? I, I think that, I think the original was the forest. Yeah. Why not visit the forest? And it's all like low, it's like an advert, but it's got low res pictures. It says, there are deer. It's a picture of a bear. Shroomers, mushrooms, lightning rats, picture of a chipmunks, birdies, and it's bats. And there's always like a religious thing in there. Um, so like there's a moose and it says, brother Abernathy. <laughs> it was great. And I, the reason I got onto it was because I forgot what Gary Oldman's name was and thought his name was Father Pellegrini, which is what one of the jellyfish is called in the Come See the Ocean meme. So I just spent the last 20 minutes of the film looking at memes. Oh, I see. Oh, yeah. I've got why not come down to the cave. Yep. We have fancy leggers, weird little millipede things. Uh, the nosy rascal. <laughs> 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 mole benevolent carpet um stalactites okay yeah i get i get Nosy rascal. <laughs> yeah it's, this this works really well on audio <laughs> it does I, I think this is captivating listening yeah um, so, so i can't remember what happened after gary oldman got killed by his soldier boy um because he killed his soldier boy's brother because Gary Oldman got bit, and then the soldier boy kills him, and you're like, "Yes, he come on, he yeah, you deserve that, Gary bit. Oldman." That is that is not doing this thing justice. His hand gets bitten off and goes flying off in one oh, of the yeah. few moments of actual violence in this movie. It comes out of nowhere, just this hand flying across <laughs> the screen and landing on the snowy ground. You're just like, "What? <laughs> this is brilliant." Why wasn't the rest of the movie like this? Yeah. So there's that. So between that and them getting to the reveal of that Wolf Daddy is Wolf Daddy, I missed what happened in between there because I was looking at memes, but Basi- I don't Basically care. what happened was, you're going to hear it anyway, Paddy, because you've reminded me of Beauty and the Beast, so now I'm going to hate you for the next few <laughs> hours until I forget that it exists. Um, I, I, By the way, I there's few things that I would put inside a giant metal elephant and set it on fire, but Beauty and the Beast 2017 I'd put in there. Gaston would fight his way out. Gaston, I'd give a pass. He could come outside and we could hang out and we could laugh at everyone else. He's roughly as big as a barge. You couldn't fit him in there. <laughs> a, a barge or an elephant, which is bigger. Depends Depends on the size of the barge, I suppose. Yeah. If it's one of those little ones. It's the, the barge Khalifa. <laughs> it's the biggest barge in the world. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay. that's, a, right. that's a dad that, joke. <laughs> That was an absolute dad joke. Um, right, I'm so, dad joking now. Um, so, so yeah, what happens is the wolf runs away 
um, after I, I think it gets injured or it gets scared off or something like that. Oh no 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 no! I remember it accidentally crosses into the holy ground because they say they keep saying every second line that the wolf can't cross into holy ground. What does it do? It crosses into holy ground and gets like a bit burnt, doesn't it? Oh, that's right. Yeah, it gets a bit burnt, and then they follow its tracks off, and then that leads them to the cabin where Wolf Wolf Daddy is. Yeah, Wolf Daddy's cabin. Wolf Daddy's cabin. That's the name of my diner. <laughs> what do you serve, Wolf? <laughs> yeah, Wolf stew, wolf, wolf burgers. Um. Yeah. So that's uh, and then and, and then, then that's where the they have a little fight, and then boy gets bitten oh she kills her daddy but no not before she sees her grandmother in a dream and they do the actual rhyme from the red riding hood rhyme yes seriously actually really what what they actually do the fucking rhyme yeah it's it's like what we know it's an adaptation of the fairy tale we get it we get it. It's the most clunking horseshit. Although it's not really an adaptation of the fairy tale, aside from using that rhyme, which suggests that the fairy tale exists in this universe mm. and her having a red hood every so often. Yeah. It's really yeah, strange. I guess the word not... adaptation is the wrong word. It's inspired by Yeah, it's really but strange. But it's just to give you that connection back to the source material to say, hey, this is based on a thing. That's the reason you came to see it, right? Well, here you go. Here's the rhyme. And now Wolf Daddy. Yes, it's yeah, and th- and then so after that, Wolf Daddy gets got. Peter runs away, and she's oh yeah, no, like, she well, she stays, and Peter learns away how he like he's like I'm going to go away so I can learn how to be a good wolf. Is that yeah? He's, he's going to find yeah. a cure. He's going to learn how to. Um, although it's heavily suggested that Wolf Daddy knows how to control himself when he's a wolf, so surely it's just a matter of yeah making sure he's, you don't. He, you know. he stops just short of saying come with me and together we can rule the galaxy as father and son. It yeah, is, that's basically It's kind of in that it? mode, isn't it? Yeah, it's it's, it's effectively that. He um, says I can show you how to control your wolf powers or whatever. I'd take it. I'd be like, yeah, show me how a, to control my On a my magic wolf wolfy ride. Yeah. A whole new wolf. <laughs> a whole new wolf. <laughs> yeah, so see, so then yeah, she has a baby and she lives in the creepy wolf house. The yes. end. <laughs> the end. <laughs> and then it just ends. Yeah. Because as soon as you get to that point. Because you've got to have the bittersweet end, haven't you? Yeah. You can't have a you can't have a super happy ending in the first one. Maybe if they ever make a sequel to Red Riding Hood, that's when you can get the super happy ending. Well, loads of people are crying out for it, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah. I, I want it. <laughs> <laughs> you should write to Catherine Hardwick. <laughs> I really want a sequel to this shit piece. Give it yeah. to me. A second shit piece. I I I, I did enjoy this movie. I'm not going to lie. No no regrets about watching this. It had a suitable amount of shite in it for me. A suitable amount of silly fun. I had some I had some lols, but overall I just I found it tonally just too too dark and too aesthetically yeah, too serious, too kind of everything smoky and hazy and weird and woo. But and but like... it's not it's not really because there's been other movies that have done that much better. So so when I was watching this, I was thinking heavily of the Dracula adaptation, which I'll I'll add to next year's Halloween mm. month um, with Gary Oldman as Dracula, 
which is a really interesting movie and that really bigs up the romantic elements of the story of dracula um and i was thinking oh yeah this is kind of like a really really shit version of that and it also feels like a really shit version of tim burton's sleepy hollow which is a great movie it's probably tim burton's best film um my my favorite guy your favorite guy um it's a really fun gothic horror comedy mystery um there's some genuine moments of stuff that is quite nightmarish but also there's this offbeat comedic tone that almost makes it feel like an indie flick um all sort of wrapped up together and that had a very similar tone to this but it didn't feel like the set of a theme park and i think that's the real problem with this film is it all feels so fake and even though it tries to and it tries to marry together um high school drama with like horror murder mystery and it completely fails on both counts because whilst it's trying to go for that smoky aesthetic it completely falls flat because a lot of it is is based on who which teenagers fucking who um and then the rest of it just yeah it just doesn't work it's it's not the romance and horror which is jarring in this movie it's the teen and the darkness which is really the jarring aspects of it that's what really doesn't work here yeah i'd I'd agree with that and for me that that kind of the yeah the tension between those two things is just really ugly to me but yeah you're right the, the falseness of it really doesn't help as well the, the sets looked awful even the wolf looked fake you know yeah it was Dude. really terrible cgi and then yeah. when you get the like beheaded actual wolf that looks terrible as well it all looks really <laughs> it looked bad. really funny it looked like yeah. it was laughing yeah it was really bad it looks a bit like like a pissed off rocket raccoon <laughs> that's what it looks like it's oh man it's yeah it looks really cheap this film and i think that's the main problem with it it feels so cheap and there's too much emphasis on high school drama bullshit that just takes away from what otherwise i mean there's there's that this could have been a really silly horror movie that would be super enjoyable yeah it also could have if it had had a complete revamp it could have been a really good dramatic horror film based on real world events but instead they they twilighted it heavily um so much so that everything else gets lost yeah and it's, it's and just la- it's lazy schlock of, isn't it yeah yeah schlock is the right word for it but not in a good way no yeah so i didn't like it I'm, i don't want you to think that i i liked this movie no because <laughs> I, I did not but no but you're it. willing to defend it yeah I, I, I enjoyed it more than i thought i would and i suppose that yeah. maybe that's why i enjoyed it so much because i went into it with a vague memory of when I'd seen it the first time round. Um, yeah. and, and this time I, I, I enjoyed it as a bad film a lot more. So this is a rare instance where I went into it with low expectations and they were completely met. <laughs> Perhaps even worse than your initial expectations. Pro- probably actually worse, yes. But having looked back through the charts, I'm still going to score it higher than the Fifty Shades trilogy. Oh, yeah, yeah. This because is much... it did have Gary Oldman being Father Pellegrini and that was funny. <laughs> It has a guy's hand getting bitten off. What else do you want yeah. from a film? And the wolf talking was quite hilarious. The wolf well. talking is really good fun. He's like, I am your wolf daddy. I'm really interested in you for no apparent reason other than because you're a pretty girl and it's hard to be a pretty girl. Ooh, I'm a wolf. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so that was mildly hilarious. You know, I there was no, there was nothing to laugh at in the Fifty Shades trilogy. Was there? That was just out and out smug bollocks. 
Yeah, that, that there was very little until the final film. There was very little to laugh at in those move in in those movies. Yeah. So yeah, how how are we going to rate this? Do you do you have anything else to to discuss? No. Um. All I'd say is I point out that um, what's his name? Um, Shilo Fernandez, who plays Peter. Oh yeah. He's in this very weird movie called Dead Girl, um, where these two boys find this um find this like zombie girl in a abandoned mental asylum um and then they start having sex with it and it's really oh. it's really horrible okay. it's really horrible and weird and it made me feel very uncomfortable um yeah maybe don't watch that movie i'm not sure if i enjoyed it very much it's a bit creepy that sounds grim yeah it's it's quite nasty it sounds like the film i'm glad that warm bodies was not yes yeah exactly <laughs> Um, so yeah, that that was interesting because I was like, I swear I recognise him from somewhere, and I swear I think this guy's a bit of a creep. And that's it why. says here he was in the Evil Dead remake. Yep, he was in Evil Dead, which is a very good film. That's that's a really good one. Um, which yeah, so he's been in some interesting stuff. I haven't seen any of his other films. Yeah, so I think I've seen I've only seen three, but yeah, but Evil Dead Evil Dead remake's very very good. Dead Girl is a bit weird, and I don't recommend anybody watches it. Um, but yes, uh, I think yeah, that's the only thing I've got to say. Other than you know, Gary Oldman, I love you, boy. You're great. Yeah, Gary. Um, yeah, it made me consider Gary Oldman. I'll say that much. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I think Gary Oldman gives no fucks, and that's to be applauded. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. I'd still rather watch this film than his Churchill film, though. Yeah, yeah. Fuck Churchill films. <laughs> Fuck Churchill. <laughs> <laughs> I think I we no... just lost. We just lost all of our Brexit supporters. We did the, the few Brexit supporters that we still had. I I have no interest in watching a film about Winston Churchill. I hate those kind of movies. So yeah, I'm not watching that. I'm sure Gary Oldman puts in a great performance because he is brilliant. But I have no interest in watching that film. Yeah me neither so how are we going to rate this oh that's a good question um mm, that is a tough one also her name is valerie lol <laughs> like what the hell kind of name for a like pretty girl in the wolf drama is valerie that's true it's a bit of a strange one isn't it that genuinely feels like there might have been the tail end of the um the extreme inexplicable popularity of the um, Mark Ronson, Amy Winehouse cover of Valerie by the Zootons. Oh yes, yeah. I don't, I don't mind that song. It's fine. It's fine, but I much prefer the original. I, I think I like them equally. I think there's a, there's a suitable amount of jazzy fun to the cover, but I do like the original as well because that's a very, it's a very good pop song. Yeah. Um. So yeah, oh, I don't know what to rate it out of. How many? How many times would you have to tell me that the wolf can't cross into holy ground before I believe you? <laughs> okay, that's perfect. <laughs> um, that that that's perfect. Did um, you know the wolf can't cross into holy ground? I, I I did not. Thank you for telling me, Paddy. I've not heard that before. Um, so yeah, I'd give it, um, I'd give it a nine, I think. 
This that's, does, that's fair. This I thought you do... were almost going to scrape double figures, no, but no, I don't no. think. No, I think there's there's enough here for me to say it's good fun. It's really stupid, but it's there's stuff in here that is enjoyable from a bad movie point of view. Yeah. Um, but I can't reckon this does not reach Bon Jovi levels. So no. there we go. No 10 out of 20 for us. Not at all. So the interesting thing about the fact that we're now 77 episodes into this podcast, which is amazing, by the way, but um, we now have a lot of previous scores to compare against. So it's like the scale. And looking back against my previous scores, um, you know, is this film as bad as New Year's Eve? Well, probably yes. Is it as bad as PSA Love You? No. But I gave those two films the same score, a 4 out of 20. So... I think it's probably unfair. It's probably unfair to PS to PS. I love you to score this film as badly. So I'm going to give it a five. Cool. Okay. Which I think is actually probably more more than it deserves. But <laughs> that's pretty much all for Gary Oldman. All let's for be Gary honest. Oldman. Yeah. But yeah, that means its average score is seven. Uh, which means it comes in below PS I Love You overall, which is good. Because <laughs> you gave PS I Love You an 11. Yes, yes, I did. Fucking lunatic. Because <laughs> you're a racist against the Irish. Basically. That's exactly it. I, I've always hated the Irish. You know this about me, Paddy. Yeah. Um, disclaimer I love Ireland and I love the people of Ireland. Just in case anyone <laughs> listens to this out of context for whatever reason, it's yeah. one of the best nations on earth and one of the best people on earth. I'm um, going to take that one clip and set it as my ringtone. <laughs> You're just going to put it everywhere online. This is yeah. what Rob Gordon, my friend, thinks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> YouTube um, video entitled, but, My Friend is a Racist. But but I, I, I think that maybe speaks volumes about what we look for in a film that we're looking to yeah. enjoy and what our tolerance levels are for a bad movie. Because it's two films where they're bad, but they're, they're, there's like levels of enjoyment that i found through the outlandishness of it um and i think this is a much worse movie than ps i love you overall i think there was much better elements to ps i love you but there's still it still hit the right buttons for me in terms of like silly things that i can pick up on and enjoy whereas i don't think you find that quite as rewarding to watch as i do no i don't i mean i i love silliness you know i'm just i'm looking forward to january when we can really get into that but it's true. It's true. It's just a different kind of silliness and a different kind of sensibility, isn't it? That yes. we look for. Yeah. And I think that's good. I think we I think we complement each other. You bastard. <laughs> you bastard. <laughs> <laughs> cool. So is that the end of Halloween month then? That, that is the end of Halloween month. Oh no, what a shame. <laughs> because this this episode will go out the Friday before Halloween. So yeah. the, the next one will be too late. Halloween will have passed. Yes, it will be November. It will. Yeah. So, well, it's it's been good. I think I think you selected, you chose a really good selection of films. One shit piece in there, obviously, and a couple of very good ones, and then one that was sort of somewhere in between. So, I think that was a really good spread. Well done. Oh, thank you very much. It's good. So, is it my choice next, or is it yours? Because do we count um, Halloween as like its own separate thing, and then we pick up from where we were before? 
I think or, you, if you choose the next one, because it, it has been my indulgence, the the Halloween yeah. movies. Oh, and you you chose fucking Harvest Moon as well. So. <laughs> that's true. I did choose Harvest actually Moon. on my wife's insistence. So that's the, that's the, yeah, that's different. Uh, but that means I have to fucking choose one. I didn't I didn't have like a definite one. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go to the list. What can we watch? What will be a nice palate cleanser? Um. Okay, oh, actually, no, no, this would be good, this would be good. Let's do Legally Blonde. Oh, nice. Okay, winner. I'm fully Which I think, yeah, is a good one. Just completely, yeah, completely different. Break it, break it back down. Start anew. The November Rebirth. Let's do Legally Blonde. Excellent stuff. I'm fully on board with that. Cool. So, do you have anything else to say, or shall we... I think we've, we've ran, I've ranted about this shit piece enough. So. <laughs> I, I just have one extra thing to add in that I think I found your new favourite TV show, Paddy. What's this? Because I don't know if you saw, but your favourite other Paddy, Paddy McGuinness, has signed oh. on to be the presenter of Top Gear, which is your favourite <laughs> television show. It is my favourite show. I, I realise this because my dad tweeted us to, to say, take me cars out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah paddy mcginnis and cricket man andrew freddie flintoff yes yeah a, a man with two first names for a start <laughs> uh, yeah we've also got a good recommendation from friend of the podcast oliver carey for one next one next year called frankenhooker which has romance and a great lawnmower death i so do love I a good lawnmower death. That. have you seen this i know i've heard the name before frankenhooker this sounds. This um, sounds like I the think kind of thing got, you would like. I think it's got a, a kind of notorious cult following, um, but I've not seen it. That sounds great. Oh God, I'm looking at images now. Yeah, actually, Ollie also recommended us the the horrendous looking film Love's Kitchen. So I think we should get round to that soon as well. But we should Love's do Legally Kitchen. Blonde as a. Yeah, it stars. It's about love in a love in a kitchen, and it stars Gordon Ramsay as himself. It, <laughs> It looks fucking awful, <laughs> um, but we should have we should cleanse our palates with Legally Blonde. Yes, right? yeah. I was going to say, isn't Love Ki- Love's Kitchen just the prequel to Sensations? <laughs> well, yeah, you think so? That's wouldn't a, you? that's a callback. Anyone who's listened to our early episodes, yeah, it's been a while since we talked about Sensations. I know we can't yeah, let I... the dream die, though, Paddy. No. Well, well, we've got a few others, a few other irons in the fire, haven't we? We've got Jelly Storm. We opposite do. Opposite day. <laughs> opposite day. <laughs> It's just turning into, yeah, Big Boys Don't Cry Productions is raking it in. <laughs> Definitely. Oh, good times. Good times. Right, well, we should we should probably leave it there. But um, thanks a lot for tuning in. We really appreciate it. And we hope you've enjoyed um, our second Halloween month of horror romance crossover films. Hopefully, if horror isn't really your thing, but you're open, you'll have discovered something new, maybe. And if it is... Hopefully we've done justice to some films that you like. Uh, but we always love to hear from you. So if you want to tell us if we have or not, um, email us, bigboysdon'tcrypodcast at gmail.com. Um, on Twitter, at bigboysdon'tpod. Always love to hear from you. Film recommendations, etc. Um, requests, we'll get to them. Let us know. Yes, yeah. What have you enjoyed the most this Halloween month? Are there any particular yeah. horror movies that you would recommend to us? Or any horror romances that you'd like to see next year? Yeah, but definitely horror romances in particular yes yeah throw them our way yeah 
All right, and leave us a rating or review wherever you get your pods. Um, it'd be very nice and much appreciated. Yes, indeedy. Cool. All right, and we'll be back next week to talk about Legally Blonde. Bye-bye, and happy Bye. Halloween! Ooh. Wolf boys. Wolf boys. Wolf boys for life. <laughs>